0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Scarlet Nation podcast. We're here post game. Uh, Rutgers just de- just got defeated by Penn State, uh, twenty eight to nothing. I mean, there's no other way to put it, Joe. Today they they just had a bad day offensively. Twenty eight to nothing could get nothing going against Penn State. Uh, we kind of knew coming in it was going to be a tough road, but um, you know, w- was it what you expected? Were you disappointed? I mean,
1: what what were your thoughts on the offensive play or lack thereof? I mean, was it expected? Kind of. I mean, I expect them to at least put up 7 or 14 points today, Bobby. Um, Just It was just the lack of offense was so glaring today uh, on the road. Um, There was just no creativity in any play calling whatsoever. I mean, you and I talked about it earlier today. I mean, the first six or seven plays, it seemed like it was just run up the middle. There was really nothing going on for the Scarlet Knights offense today. Um, I didn't really expect them to look that bad on offense i mean otherwise i thought the defense played all right for about two and a half three quarters but um i expected them to lose in a in a little bit tighter fashion but overall i was just very uh upset today about the game
0: yeah you know and, and you mentioned those plays in the beginning I, I i don't quite understand the rationale i don't pretend to be smarter than, than the coaching staff but it, it, you know, they haven't had success in the trenches against teams that are bigger, stronger like that. So why, in the beginning, are you just trying to run it up the gut? It, it just seemed like, all right, this isn't going to work. I mean, you know, it, it just, it, it just, it seemed like they should have dialed up a little bit better plays. I, I don't. I know Sean Gleason doesn't have a ton of options. Mm-hmm. There's not a bunch of playmakers. He's limited a quarterback. Um, you know, the, the receivers can't stretch the field, open things up, but. I mean, just handing it up off the gut. I mean, it's kind of like, come on, what are we doing? And, you know, they put so much effort into script in those first 15 plays. And yeah. it just seemed like, you know, they were three and out, three and out, three and out for the first three. So um, I don't know if you could have done any worse to start the game as an offensive play caller.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a true Big Ten game in a sense. I mean, it was it was sluggish. There wasn't a lot of offense early. Uh, both defenses were pretty stout. Uh, both defensive lines played well. I, I actually thought Rutgers defensive line for the most part today played well. Um, I thought Aaron Lewis played well. Julius Turner is always going to play well there. Um, I just, it was just a true big 10 game. It was just a slugfest that Rutgers just really couldn't get out on the board. It, it was just very odd. It just felt weird. Honestly. Well,
0: I, like you said, the, the, the offensive woes really came into full focus and, and, you know, Greg Ciano's a defensive minded coach, you know, the first time around, uh, other than those couple of years where you had Kenny Britt and Taquan and Ray Rice and Mike Teal airing it out. You know, there were a lot of those ugly uh, wins in games where, you know, that difference I can remember, you know, I remember one Connecticut game. They won on a safety. It was 12. I believe it's. Yeah, yeah. Blair Bynes made a safety. So, you know, it, I, they, we're not strangers to to defensive battles but you know the offense has to do something I mean and, and what's the answer I don't know you know they're trying to develop these young guys on the offensive line but it takes time and and it receiver I thought it was really glaring today so these guys just could not get separation at all and even when Bo Melton got a little bit you know he, he couldn't you know you saw that long pass eventually he had a step on his on his man and you know mm-hmm. Vidro underthrew them. Vigil Vigil I'm sorry I keep switching up between the <laughs> pronunciation <parentheses. laughs> I do it all the time our northeaster accent comes in but um you know it, it was just it was just an ugly game and that's a game too a Penn State was ripe for the pickings you know they're six and four they're not playing for anything you know monumental it was senior day but you had guys sick I mean it, it was if there was any day they were prone for an upset you know today might have been it their quarterback was was down and and um Rutgers just could do nothing
1: offensively I agree and and you know what was weird Bobby um it seems like almost every third and medium or third and longish, I feel like they do that Noah Vidral draw play that like, almost it never, never works. I, never. I, I don't know why they do that all the time. I mean, yeah, I understand I, that they don't trust their offensive line to pass, protect, but, I mean, something's got to give. I mean, uh, you either run like a read option, a zone option or something, or you just throw the ball. I, I don't understand what that quarterback draw does for the offense ever.
0: And you know, I'm always confused too when there's a third and four or something and you see a downfield pass. It's like, you only need a few yards. You know what I mean? This is, yeah. a, it's not rocket science. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's really Remember, car call, call plays in the street. You, you know, you go to the right to the car and make a left. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, roll it up like that. Yeah, get some sticks in there or something. I don't know. Yeah. But, I mean,. Greg Gianno said after the game, too, you know, they're going to take a look at the coaching, too, and, and um, you know, he's going to hold guys accountable at the end of the season. You know, there's it's not going to be like, oh, well, you didn't have the personnel. I mean, he, he's, he's going to hold these guys accountable. So, you know, these guys, you know, have one more week. Um, now, look, the season's not lost. They're 5-6, still have a chance to go bowling. Uh, they beat Maryland. It, the season's a, 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 a success. I mean, despite these games, and I know these games for fans are tough to watch. They're tough to watch for us, too, but you've really got to retool on the offensive end. Defense, I, I thought they did. They they did what they had to do to an extent. Um, yeah. You know, when you're going three and out, three and out, three and out, putting them back on the field, they, this defense doesn't have the depth to, to sustain, you know, that formidable play for four quarters against a team like Penn State who has superior talent.
1: Yeah, and, and you know what, Bobby, uh, to piggyback off what you were saying, I mean, they were – on the field for a while today. I mean, yeah. Rutgers' three and outs are so short. I feel like they're like a minute, a minute 30, that it takes off the clock. And then Penn State, I mean, they they had their three and outs and whatnot, but when they kept on driving and driving and driving, I mean, that defense was on the field for a while. And you know what? Also, the secondary played well in the first half, but then the wheels kind of fell off too towards the middle of the third quarter, fourth quarter. I mean, I don't know. Like, this secondary unit has really let them down this year. The whole... The whole entire year, honestly. I mean, besides the Temple game, Delaware, and whatnot, I I, I just feel like this secondary unit really struggled from, from the get-go. And they had a lot of seniority on that unit. So I'm not entirely sure what kind of happened to them this year.
0: Well, you know, you had some injuries there. And, and I don't think the younger guys uh, are there yet. I think what you're going to see in the future is a, is a secondary with, you know— um, Elijah Clark and Shaquan loyal mm-hmm. and Desmond has been And Benusen, these are the guys that are really going to make it happen. Max Melton's got a few more years, you know? Uh, so, I mean that, you know, Robert Longerbean's coming along, but I mean, I think they'll be fine there. At least there's the promise. You know what I mean? They have the four stars in there. Um, yeah. You know, when you get to other positions, you start scratching your head. And I think the defense is, is going to be in good shape. You have the defense, you know, the Aaron Lewis is going to be around. I think he's going to be a stud. Um, oh yeah going to have a full off season to really build his body this year. And, and he could just be downright nasty next year. And you remember, he was a huge recruit committed to Michigan, had offers from everywhere. Um, Keontae Hamilton next to him. I know he didn't say his name a lot today. Julius Turner had a big day, played a lot more. Um, but Hamilton's another guy you get to be excited about. And they have a young crop of good defensive linemen. So you see the the positive steps going forward on the defense on a defense just not just the defensive line but on the offense you know you start to scratch your head and say you know uh, let me roll the dice on a transfer portal this year maybe
1: yeah and 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 you know what too bobby i mean i mean they have what five or six offensive line commits coming in next year i know it's one of the hardest positions to start as a freshman but I mean, maybe you're going to have to put some of these guys in the fire. I, I mean, I know Gus Zalinskis played this year uh, sparingly as a freshman. Uh, I mean, they're big-time recruits coming in, so why not give them a shot once once they go through a weight room with Jay Butler and things like that? Um, I'm excited for that crop. Transfer portal is definitely an option, but is uh, we have to know is Rutgers really the best option for these guys? So, I mean, that's what these transfer portal guys are, are really looking for. So. Who knows
0: there, Bob? Well, I think I think uh the portal one, you're gonna have to look more at receiver. Um, you know, they they are you know, you, you mentioned the six linemen coming in. Zalinsis actually started today, you know, um, but again, he's not ready to be in there and, and move yeah. Penn State guys around. This is a is a is a freshman who was just in high school last year, not a, a yeah. huge uh recruit, but you know, a guy who's who has progressed and he's only been at Rockers since June. So um you got you need to get him in that weight room for a full year. So I mean to go yeah. up against some of these guys and I got some guys that are going to play pro ball and you got an 18 year old kid playing start for the first time. It's, <laughs> you know, it, it, it just hard. shows you where the state of things are. Yes. And, um, but I think that portal, you really need to look at receivers. You need some playmakers. Yeah. You need some guys that can stretch the field. You need some speed. You need some size. You need just about everything across the board. Bo Melton's leaving and, and, you know, he's your lone guy. I mean, shank I think will be back, but, um, you know, he, he's, you know, he's a good complimentary uh, receiver. I don't think he'll be a number one, but, um, uh, could be a guy who does some damage, but he's going to need some help.
1: Yeah. I mean, for sure. I mean, I mean, maybe guys like Carnell Davis steps up, Joshua Lungblood, uh Youngblood steps up. Uh, they just need that one two punch for whoever is gonna be quarterback next year, whether it's Wimsat or Vedrill. Um, they just need that one two punch that can create separation, can get that third and four, third and five. They just need someone that quick twitch, that's someone that that's good in open space. Bo Mellon is that guy, but I mean it's hard to just throw him the ball every single play. Because then at some point, defenses catch on, and and then they either start to double-team or they start to uh, mix their coverages towards Melton. So they need a 1-2 option, like a solid 1-2 option, and Portal probably is that best route. I mean, you also have guys like Rashad Rochelle coming in and Amarion Brown coming in. So maybe those guys could step on the field early. But again, I mean, being a freshman and playing D1 football is way different than being a senior and, play, and playing high school football, so who knows? Yeah.
0: You're not kidding. You're not kidding. And, uh, you know, I'm glad you brought up Wimset. I mean, they put him in a few times today. He throws an f- early pass to Bo Melton. It looked like, you know, Melton should have grabbed it. Uh, you know, the other guy had some, had his hands on Melton a little bit, but he put the ball right where it needed to be. Um, had another play in the first half. He evaded a rush, but then threw it almost got it picked. I don't think he saw that defender over by Melton yeah. on the sidelines, but you know, did a good job of, of getting away from the pass rush and tried to make a play. And he comes in at the end, throws an in interception, but I mean, by that time, you got him in there with third-string receivers who who can't get open. Um, so you know he's trying to fit the ball to tight windows, but you, you really yeah. gotta like skill set. He you know fires that ball in there, and he's not afraid to to take a chance. He's he's able to to get get away from the pass rush. He's able to use his feet, but you gotta get this kid some help.
1: Yeah, I mean I put zero stock in that in that interception thrown today. I mean, you said it best. I mean, these third-string guys really aren't doing the job. They aren't getting open. And he has to throw a ball into a tight window almost every time. I mean, he's 18 years old. I mean, he's been on a college campus for, what, two and a half months now? So I don't expect him to be lights out now. I mean, you just saw his potential today just running around like that. He's going to evade so much pressure in the Big Ten. It's going to be scary how many— Defensive linemen on opposing teams are going to be scratching their heads every time they're they're on the ground and and he's still running with the ball. I mean, he's he's special. I mean, his arm needs to get there still. But I mean, the sky's the limit for him. Uh, The interception means nothing to me today. So that that's what what I took out of that for him
0: you know, and you, when you watch him throw sometimes he just flicks his wrist and, and that ball takes off. And it, it's something you really haven't seen uh, out of some of these quarterbacks in the past, you know, and, and federal, you know, he, he does an adequate job, tough kid, but mm-hmm. you know, just doesn't have that zip on the ball that, that Wimpshead has. And, um, you know, it, it's something you can't teach.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Bobby, you see practice every day. I mean, it's, the talent discrepancy is is crazy compared to, to these other guys and it's no just respect to them it's just Gavin Wimsatt's in a league of his own right now at Rutgers i mean he just oozes potential oozes talent um it's it, it just he just passes the eye test in, in every which way and next year is gonna is going be promising for him especially if they get him some help at the wide receiver position next year.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I think we've kind of beaten this one uh, to a pulp so much, uh, you know, in terms of rehashing, you know, that 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 painful game that, that, that some of you fans watched. Um, but, uh, you know, let's turn our attention to to Maryland because, all right, Rutgers lost to Penn State, but they are five and six. They win this game. They get another chance to, to play. They, they get to go bowling and it also gives them an extra month of practice to help develop these young guys which can mm-hmm. really be big i mean I, I, you know you talk about going to bowl and, and and you know gaining notoriety like that but you know, let's be honest, another month on the practice field. And those practices, I've, I've been there before, you know, when, when Rutgers was bowling the first time, you know, <laughs> when, when Shiana was here. And those practices are, are a lot of developmental stuff because you're not really drilling the older guys. The older guys are kind of, you know, taking it easy, so to speak. And, and they're, they're getting ready for the game. But it's a time to really you know immerse let those other guys immerse themselves into the game and and really get a feel and and really start to develop those guys so i think that is a key point in in them kind of uh you know trying to make this ball game it'll be valuable in developing these younger guys and you're going to need these younger guys because you're losing some older ones and and you know some of them just you know you just got more talent coming in so mm-hmm. um you know, Marlin. As we speak, we're recording this as they're playing Michigan. Now, I, I haven't looked at the score in a little bit, um, but um, you know, what do you think of this game and, and where they stand against uh, the Terps?
1: I mean, with the Terps, I mean, I actually watched the majority of that Maryland-Michigan State game last weekend, and they do have a formidable passing attack. Um, but other than that, I mean, their offensive line isn't that strong. Uh, I mean, Tagalive Viola. Uh, I, I don't know how to pronounce his name well. I'm sorry, but, I mean, he can throw. <laughs> <laughs> to I his mean, brother? <laughs> yeah, to his brother, to his brother. Yeah, yeah. He can throw some good balls. I mean, he's actually really good on the deep balls, but other than that, his intermediate to short route game isn't great, and I think Rutgers could actually exploit that this uh, next weekend. Uh the Maryland rushing attack isn't anything special. They're very undisciplined like we saw last season. Nothing's changed in that regard. And I think it's a really good chance to get um, a nice home win and into a, a bowl game next weekend. So uh, I think next weekend could be fun for uh, Rutgers fans.
0: Yeah, and, and I mean, I guess the key is not so much to what – what uh the Turps are doing i mean by the way i just checked they were down as we speak 24 to 3. so I you know doesn't seem like there's going to be a great comeback if it is i apologize for being wrong in that um <laughs> but you know they're playing for the same thing so i mean you got two teams with their season you know pretty much on the line two teams that came into the big 10 in the same year um, you know it's been kind of a back and forth in terms of you know each year you know uh, I, I don't have the record off the top of my head but you know all those games have seemingly been pretty pretty tough games pretty close games um but you know it, it it'll come down to uh, bowl eligibility and 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 i guess what does what do you think they need to do defensively to this to this Merlin team to really have a chance to to win and be bowl eligible
1: well what i what i think they need to do is to really cut down on giving up those explosive plays. I mean, maybe play a too high safety look and like really make them just throw the ball underneath and, and then have those short tacklers back. I mean, hopefully uh Farukasi comes back and then Tyreex Maddox Williams comes back, but they just need to just bracket that above coverage and just really hone in on playing a, a nice zone where, where they can kind of funnel everything into the flats and that they can make tackles there. That's what I think they should do. Do I know what they're going to do? No, uh, I'm not a coach on that staff, but that's what I would think of that. That's where I would start a game plan. I would just try to eliminate those big plays as much as possible. And then the Maryland quarterback is definitely going to make a mistake at some point. So uh, we'll see what happens with that one
0: and he can get frustrated and it could throw off the the, the, the chemistry and uh, mm-hmm. I think I, it'll be good for, for uh, Coach Coachiano to kind of try and dial up some blitzes and frustrate him and, and, and get to him. You got you to hit him. You know what I mean? You got to get him out of his, his you know, make him uncomfortable and um, I think that way they could stand a chance, but you know, it, it's one of those this is one of those series where, you know, anything can happen. We've seen some wild games between the two Rutgers mm-hmm. obviously won last year, but Maryland was, was without some players so um, a chance to Extend the season, go bowling. Um, even if they don't win, its season will still be considered uh, success. And you know, it's been it was some dark times there with Chris Ash leading the way. And uh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't think I'd mention him on the podcast. But um, yeah,
1: right. Yeah.
0: But I, I, I think that about take us to, to the edge. Yeah, Joe, any other closing thoughts about this game today,
1: or or you know, next week's, or anything in general? I mean, it's just a a erase this game from the memory? I mean, it happened twenty eight nothing. It's going to happen. It still might happen next year. But you know what? You flush it. You get it out of the way. You, you have a nice chance next week to be 500 for the first time in a very long time. So just short-term memory here. And then that's about it for today. I mean, Maryland next weekend, they have a, a really good chance. So I expect a W
0: all right well we'll be reporting from practice all week uh happy early thanksgiving to everyone joe thank you for joining me uh we'll be back again with more stuff this week and back again for another post game podcast uh for joe chetta and bobby durin you can catch us on scarletnation.com at the round table uh feel free to drop by and, and chime in and ask questions or anything you need and uh we'll, we'll take you along for the ride until then we'll see you again